Hello, movie lovers. Today we're going to talk about a classic comedy, and that's the 1995 movie Billy Madison starring Adam Sandler. I'll be joined in my studio today with Art, and we'll be discussing this in detail. So stay tuned. The movie Man of Georgia is about to start. We're talking about Billy Madison, and surprisingly to me anyway, it's not his first movie. This is a movie that came out six years after his first movie, which was Going Overboard, came out in 1989. And apparently it didn't do well because it's on Tubi and Amazon and Vudu. It's all for free, the Going Overboard. Billy Madison, it only did $26 million ever. And uh, for that to be kind of like Adam Sandler's kickoff, I thought that was really low. So here, here's my first question. Do you think that Adam Sandler would have the popularity he has now if it wasn't for Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore? If that's to me, honestly, in a way, I don't think so. I mean, you know, part of it being he was already known, at least some unknown as a stand-up comedian. Uh, and, of course, uh, more people knew him at the time from, like, Opera Man and all his gimmicks once he made it to SNL. But I would say almost like the core relief, because I want to say the year after this, of course, was Happy Gilmore. And between those two, those were like the thing, at least in my head, they're, they're like pushing him over the edge, so to speak, that kind of made him, that people realized he was actually, a, you know, a bigger and better star than just being like on TV, like on Saturday Night Live or just his stand-up bits. I think this was the thing that kind of pushed him, his career over the edge, so to speak. So all that said, at least for me, I don't think so, no. Yeah, I think... And the reason why I'm bringing Adam Sandler kind of back into the spotlight for this podcast is because he's got a bunch of stuff that's coming up this year and next year. He's got a, a lot of animated stuff. Tonka, which is based off of Tonka Truck Toys, Take Me to Your Leader, Ballet Guys, Hello Ghost, Batman. Those are all comedy roles that are coming out. But then he's also got two serious roles called Spaceman and Hustle. And I was going to ask you about this because this is kind of a pet peeve of mine is when uh, comedians try to step into serious roles in film. I think it's I think it's kind of like a uh, shooting yourself in the foot. We saw that with Jim Carrey when he tried to do serious. He did a few good movies that way. But I, I want your opinion on what do you think about when comedians try to go and step over that line to do serious acting when they've made their life's work as a comedian? Uh, see, I think for me, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Part of me, trying to be empathetic, I get it, like, it's, I hate to be cliche, but nobody ever wants to be typecast. But part of me, you know, the other side of that coin is, ostensibly, like, that's what made your bread and butter, that's what brought you to the table, that's what brought you to the game. And not that you have to be stuck doing the same thing in that sense, but, I mean, I think there's something to be said for... Uh, it's almost like they're trying to swing the pendulum too hard in the other direction, like they overcompensate. So it's a shock to the general public just because we as like the audience are so used to seeing them one way to be able to, you know, that I think they want us to look at it like, wow, you're so multifaceted. But I think it ends up, to, to your point, it ends up coming off like, even though they don't mean to, it's like they're trying too hard. Yeah, I, I think personally that it's becoming an age factor for Adam Sandler. I think that's why he's trying to get into the serious roles because he's known as being a slapstick comedian and he's 54 and all the guys that are up there that we grew up with, Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey, Steve uh, Buscemi, Vince Vaughn, all of those guys are over 50 
I mean, Jim Carrey is 58. Steve Buscemi is 63. I mean, all of those, all of those actors are there in age. So I'm thinking that this is kind of like him trying to branch out to keep his career going because there's only so many times you can fall down when you reach a certain age before you start having serious problems. There is, you know, for that aspect of what they call physical, physical comedy for a very good reason. Like there's a, it's, Honestly, it's to a point where then that center has to be a limiter or, you know, if you get hurt, it's it's almost like an athlete. If you get hurt, you lose your whole career. Yep. Yep. That's what I was thinking. But let's get to the actual movie part of it. Um, let me take just a short break and then I'll be right back. OK, so we're back and I'm going to talk about the actual movie now. We talked about Adam Sandler a little bit, but I want to talk about the movie. Now, Billy Madison is based off of an adult kid who's had a life of wealth and is a comedy and the whole thing is he wants to inherit his father's empire by proving that he's smart enough to pass k to 12 and uh of course along the way there's various comedy things that are put in now the cast has adam sandler bradley wilford josh mostel bridget wilson and one person that's not mentioned in the credits that i think should be is the late Chris Farley. Apart from that, it also has Norm MacDonald and Mark Beltzman, and they act as Adam Sandler's friends in this film. And I think it's interesting because I think Adam Sandler was kind of experimenting around with having him some support characters to help his comedy, because after these two friends are introduced in Billy Madison, we see that we have Alan Covert and Peter Dante are almost in every single film in one way or another as being uh, friends of Adam Sandler's key role. So with all that being said, what are your overall impressions of this as far as a comedy movie? And do you think that it it contributes? Do you think that it's just cliche? What, What are your thoughts about that? Uh, probably my favorite question, obviously, and through a lot, there's so many people who know Adam Sandler now who only know like his his more recent stuff to your point earlier. This, uh, besides being like his his movie career launching pad, so to speak, I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to say that I love this movie. Like I admit, you know, is it is it Citizen Kane? Is it, you know, deeply intellectual, like a very well written script? No, but that's I think that's part of its pleasure. It's very much that cliche where it's just like a guilty pleasure to turn off your brain and enjoy what's on screen. I mean, if you, you know, if you were a teenager in 95, which of course I was, I was, what was I, 14, just turned 14. I must have quoted like the the so-called stupid bits and pieces quotes of this movie probably about a thousand times all through high school. I think, uh, and and not even in the sense of like one of those so bad it's good kind of movies, like like a so-called B movie, like really, I think. You know, I, I saw the overall quote average rating even off IMDb, and I think this movie deserves more love than it receives, in my humble opinion. I personally, I like the movie. Uh, is it original? No, of course it's not. I mean, you got Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink. I mean, and if you want to go with the kind of the sexual jokes, lewd comedy, you got Porky's before that, which they made a couple of those. So it's, it's nothing new. And it, and stuff afterwards, I mean, just turn on the TV and you can either flip to the Disney Plus or Amazon or whatever uh, video app you have, and you're going to see something that's based around slapstick school comedy. 
I mean, if you want to go with movies, there's Napoleon Dynamite and Dazed and Confused, American Pie, that, you know, those kind of movies. So overall, I don't think that's anything original. Now, where I do think that it contributes, it helped Adam Sandler get out of the SNL vein and break out as a comedian. But apart from that, it's, it's like a dime a dozen as far as the movies go. So it raises the question, what makes this movie so memorable besides the actor? Is it just Adam Sandler that makes it memorable? Or is there something else in the movie to make it worth watching? I, I mean, I think I think for me, I honestly think not to be like I'm showing too much bias, at least I hope, knock on wood, but I think I think it's the the former for me. I think it's due to Sandler's, for lack of a better term, comedic genius that that makes this movie as successful as it is. I mean, if memory serves, he either wrote or co-wrote the script for crying out loud. And I mean, it's granted, it's only 89 minutes, but it's, um, it, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel torturous to sit through. It doesn't feel like I, I'm not in the back of my mind, like wishing I was doing something else. Now, is it going to win a million Academy Awards? Absolutely. No, there, I mean, there's no deep message. It's just silly, you know, unintelligible humor, but that's, but that's what it aims to do. And it does it very well. I would agree with that point. Now, Kind of shifting to another point of the movie because I, I want to cover all these four criteria that we kind of go over, and that is the rating system of why it was rated this way, uh, which is appropriate because of some of the language. Uh, if you were to cut out the language, that of course they threw it in there to get the rating up because, as you might know, lower rated movies back in the 80s and 90s tended to flop at the box office. Uh, it's getting better now, but it wasn't so much then. But apart from the language, there's the uh, the sexual innuendo that's in there, particularly revolving around Adam Sandler and Bridget Wilson. Do you think that there's any point in that movie where they step over the line, or do you think it's age appropriate? Honestly, I mean, presumably, and even thinking back, you know, from my own experience, if if the target demographic, I would say, is, you know, young males ages, what, 15 to maybe late 20s, uh, with that as a context, no. I mean, I don't think so. I think um, I don't think there's anything there that, that deeply tries to push the envelope or, like, to, to hurt people on purpose. If you're, if you're coming into this as an SNL fan, as an Adam Sandler fan, and not just somebody going to do something like this just to pick it apart solely – uh, you know, in, in that kind of sense, you already know what you're going to see, you know what to expect and actually should be pleasantly surprised. It's kind of um, it's kind of like he elaborated on characters he created even back during SNL and just kind of made them more 3D and then brought those to bear in the film. Like it's um, for you know, for what it like I said, there's even even with us talking about it, I'm restraining the urge to do quotes even now, like from the movie, like that's probably been ingrained in me since I first saw it as as lighthearted as a. You know, like I said, this is, from what we just talked about, this is no Seven Private Ryan by any means, but it's still up to its mark. Uh, just showing that uh, that Sandler, for good or ill, is a really, really talented comedian. And uh, I think this movie proves that. Yeah, I, I would say that as far as that comedy vein that you're talking about, I think that it's actually toned down from what we've grown to expect in movies. There is no nudity in this whole movie. Now, there are some references that are made uh as far as like the scene with the adult magazines coming in i'm not giving away mm -hmm. these colors uh as far as that scene is concerned or 
the 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 jokes that that go throughout yes but as far as actually having nudity shown in there like you'd see in later movies uh that start some of the snl characters uh old school for example uh you know that had nudity in it american pie that had nudity in it a lot of the same kind of uh movies that fit within that genre have have nudity uh this one does not so i would give that a plus for the overall now is this something that you should bring your you know 11 10 11 year old kid and sit them down and watch it probably not it's rated pg-13 for a reason now that being said has your 10 or 11 year old probably heard most of the words sadly probably so uh now i will say that for a pg-13 movie of the 90s it does use the f word in the movie uh i know some parents are concerned about that i i wouldn't want my little kid you know ha- watching a movie like that keep it age appropriate so ending this segment let's go ahead and do our our four four criteria and again for those that are listening for the first time we rate our movies here based on the box office how it well it did we base it on cinematography and overall the way it was shot base it again on originality and then the fourth thing we base it on is overall enjoyment of the movie so based upon that criteria i don't think it's an original movie it didn't do too well in the box office the camera angles in it are typical of what you'd see in a 80s or 90s film nothing spectacular going on there but at the same time there's nothing lacking but entertainment wise it's very entertaining it has a lot of lines that you can remember it has a lot of comedic uh, points to the movie that all being said i think a fair rating for this would be a three maybe a 3.5 um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would totally agree. Except for, for at least for this instance, it's almost like you read my mind. Uh, I would give it even at the uh, like at the most, like at the, at the high end of the the spectrum, so to speak. I would say about a three point five. Like I said, is it a, is it amazingly Oscar worthy? No. Will it leave an indelible mark in film history? No. Will it, in that sense, win any awards? No. But having said that, you know, it's not going to win Razzie awards either. Like it. I think it does what it what he set out to do, what it sets out to do, and it does it very admirably. Um, I think I find it's one of those people that go into it, even with that bias of like, oh, I don't like, quote, like there's so many people that call it, quote, stupid comedy or bathroom humor or anything like that. Like they kind of sweep it aside, so to speak. And I think that I found when I get those chances to where the rare chance now to where I watch this with somebody who knows Adam Sandler, but who's never seen this movie before, they always come away pleasantly surprised to be honest yeah there, there's like the crude and raunchy bits to your point and i think that's very much a uh, a labor of love i think it's intentional i think it's like a send back and a shout out to two movies that sandler grew up on two movies like porky's and the 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 comedy past of especially like the early and mid 80s so i think that's done tongue firmly planted in cheek but um i mean it's uh, you know it's enjoyable like it's one of those whether you want to admit it to yourself or not, I think you'll find yourself, you know, without giving spoilers away, quoting certain lines and quoting certain scenes for like hour, at least hours after you've first seen the movie. Like uh, it'll it'll stay with you. That, that that's what the main point. It is a memorable movie, even though it might be low rated uh, as far as we 
consider it a 3.5. It is a memorable movie. So that wraps everything up for this podcast. Again, the reason why we did this is because he does have a lot of movies coming out late lately. Uh, and keep a lookout for him. Again, some of those movies, Tonka, Take Me to Your Leader, Valet Guys, Hello Ghost, and Fat Man. Those are all the comedies that are going to be coming out. So keep a lookout for Adam Sandler here in the next little bit, uh, making a bit of a comeback, I guess you could say. Not like he ever left, but more of a presence here in 2021. All right, guys, take care. This is the Movie Man of Georgia. <laughs>